Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, everybody, this is Chris Harder, founder and host of the hit podcast For the Love of Money, where we believe that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, this is Jeff Hoffman, serial entrepreneur from Priceline.com and UBID.com. Hey, this is Kevin Harrington, original shark from Shark Tank. And if you want to get your money mindset right, and if you want to learn how to scale your relationships, and if you want to live like a shark, then you need to be listening to Build Your Network. Build Your Network podcast. Build Your Network Podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel. Travis Chapel. Travis Chapel. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am super pumped about another topic episode coming at you. Got so much great feedback on the first one, the top networking tips one with Grant Cardone, Dean Graziosi, and Ed Milet. So I'm really, really excited to bring you the top networking tips number two, which this week is going to feature Chris Harder, a multi-million dollar network marketing earner. Plus, I mean, as a podcaster, he was successful in the mortgage industry before all of that. He's now an influencer speaker. Him and his wife, Lori, have built a tremendous following and tremendous businesses. I'm so excited to hear what he has to say about his top networking ideas. Then we have Jeff Hoffman on this episode, who is the billionaire founder of Priceline and several, several other very successful companies. Got so much much great stuff. And then also Kevin Harrington, who is the original shark on Shark Tank. He was the first one that they actually booked on the show. So 
So many great tips and tricks and tactics on networking coming at you today. If you're listening to this right now, take a screenshot, go over to Instagram, upload it to your Instagram story and tag Chris Harder, Jeff Hoffman, Kevin Harrington, and myself in that picture. And I'll make sure I'll go on there and reply to each and every single one of those messages. You know, I love hearing from you and connecting with each and every one of you. So without further ado, please enjoy the top networking tips part two with Chris Harder, Jeff Hoffman, and Kevin Harrington. Tell us about a time in your life, Chris, specifically one story that you could pull out that tells us about when a connection led to a big moment of success for you. Oh, gosh, I've got so many. Okay, let's think about this. Well, how about with the people that I interview on my podcast? A lot of these are celebrity entrepreneurs and and people that I don't yet know or have not yet met, but because I have helped out other individuals in my life that do know these people, they are sending me guests left and right. You know, you have a podcast. You know what it's like to have to keep a good lineup of guests constantly in in the hopper, (laughs) in the pipeline. It's tough, right? I feel so blessed that because the number one question I ask all of my friends and acquaintances is, hey, you know, what are your goals? What are you working on? How can I help you? Oh, I know a guy or, oh, I know a thing or, oh, I know a way. Because I'm always pouring into them, they make it their mission to pour in back to me. And not a day goes by where I don't get, matter of fact, confession time, I feel a little guilty. I don't respond to these emails quick enough. Like if there's any area I need to get better, it's responding to my messages and emails where friends are introducing me to these other possible guests Hmm. because they're coming in by the droves. And I'm excited about that. I'm grateful for that because it saves me from having to go out and knock on these doors and try and get these people's attention when a lot of times you can't get these people's attention. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where maybe you might not even ever be able to get a hold of them or you're lost in an inbox of thousands of other people, but they get an email intro from somebody that they know to you, then obviously that's going to be a lot more effective that way. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. So with this being such an important skill set with networking, I know that's kind of a buzzword for a lot of people. They don't like that word, but whatever you want to call it, relationship building, growing your inner circle, networking, whatever you want to call it, with it being so important and so valuable, why do you think, Chris, that so many people neglect to do it? I think it's outside of their comfort zone. And this is what people will find massively interesting. Despite everything I've just said, I am a huge introvert. I mean, I keep to myself. I put the headphones in. I don't talk to the guy in the airplane seat next to me. When I walk around, I don't strike up conversations. I am a massive introvert. But my heart of service and the joy that I get from connecting other people and helping them hit their goals takes over that introvert inside of me and makes me take those actions. And so if people aren't, you know, if they know this is the secret to success, but they aren't following through with it. I really think it's because of their fear of judgment. They're afraid that if they speak up and make a bad introduction, they'll be judged. They're afraid that if they speak up and introduce themselves, someone might not like them. Hmm. They're afraid that, you know, if they speak up and say what's on their mind or share their good idea, that somebody will laugh at it. And it's that fear of judgment that really is the fear that we won't be loved enough that every single thing stems from. And so when you find yourself not taking action, You really have to ask yourself, not, oh, why am I lazy? Oh, why am I not taking action? You have to say, what am I afraid of? And whatever that answer is, say, why is that? And start peeling back those layers to find out what your real root cause is that's holding you back from making these introductions or reaching out to people. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. 
we are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. As an introvert myself, I completely second that. I would say probably for me, the biggest skill that I can improve on, and I do think that it's a skill that helps me come out of my shell more and talk to people and not care what they think, is confidence. Would you agree with that? And what kind of a role has confidence played in you being able to come out and talk to whoever you want to talk to? Huge. Confidence is something that you're not given or born with, by the way. It is something that you develop. It's a muscle, no different than your biceps or your abs or something like that. And so confidence and and working on confidence and posture, and I don't just mean your physical posture. I literally mean what kind of posture do you take when you speak? What kind of posture do you take when you look someone in the eye? What kind of posture and sureness do you have when you share a point? Those things will make or break you. And if you find yourself listening to this and saying, oh, but I don't have that then this is your wake-up call to start practicing it. This is your wake-up call to do it in a mirror, to do it on video, to do it to people that you know are non-judgmental, and quite honestly, to do it to strangers because who the hell cares what a stranger thinks about you anyways? Mm. Like take those swings, strike out a few times, big deal, because they weren't meant to be in your life anyways. But you're not going to develop this confidence. You're not going to develop a swagger or a sureness without exercising that muscle. And if you don't exercise that muscle and develop it, then you're going to continue to wonder why everybody else is getting the breaks and you're not. Tell us about a time when a connection that you made with somebody ended up leading to a big moment of success for you. Oh, sure. There had been absolutely a number of those, but I can remember one time. So I'm an engineer by trade. Okay. The finance part is definitely a weakness for me. And I have this habit <laughs> of 
talking to everybody everywhere, strangers, right? Because you might just have walked past. You might have been standing quietly in line, and the person in front or behind of you might have been your investor, might have been your partner, might have been your customer, might be your net, your spouse, who knows? Mm -hmm. But it could have been someone significant in your life, and you didn't even say hello because you don't know each other, really. Yeah. So I engage strangers all the time, and sometimes, of course, it's crickets chirping, awkward silence. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> doesn't always work. But I'll take those losses with the successes. And I just remember when I was starting the film company, and I've come from the engineering and tech, and I want to be in the movie biz. And I knew I needed somebody that understood film finance and budgeting. And I met somebody, he was a friend of another friend, but I, they were out to lunch. And I went to lunch, and I specifically went over and sat next to this guy, who I didn't know, and started questioning him about his life, his skills, his experiences, his background, his dreams, his goals. And he wound up not only knowing everything about film finance, but it turned out he was a major executive, I think at the time at Universal Studios. <laughs> and once I engaged him, he said, come by my office, I'll teach you a little bit. And then when I told him I was starting an independent film production company, I actually talked him into quitting his big, cushy studio exec job and coming and being my business partner in our independent film production company. And his relationships and his knowledge we had a no chance we ever would have succeeded without him. Yeah. And all that happened because at lunch, I intentionally said, can I sit next to this guy? And the people I was with said, sure. And I just started again. I asked him enough that I had an idea what lit his fire. And I was eventually able to get him to come join my new company. Yeah. So hypothetically here, how far behind would you have been in that particular company had you never cultivated that connection? So behind is probably not even the word. I don't think the company ever would have got off the ground yeah. because he had relationships with the studios, with the industry, and he had the knowledge of the finance part. Plus, even more, he had the credibility. When I called people and said, we're going to make our first movie and we're putting together the financing, mm -hmm. people said, wait, time out. You don't know any, you know, I'm giving money to a guy that knows nothing about film finance. Right. I said, oh, I'd like you to meet my partner and finance guy. And they said, tell us your story. And he said, yeah, I was the head of business affairs for Universal Studios. <laughs> I negotiated. He, this is a guy that negotiated Jurassic Park contract with Steven Spielberg. And they said, OK, we'll be right over. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if I would have said yeah. how much if, do you need? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I had not found this person in my network and talked him into joining me. So the reason I asked that hypothetical question, because I want people to start thinking like with this being so important, Jeff, with building a network, with growing relationships, with this kind of stuff being so paramount to finding success, why is it do you think that most people just completely neglect doing it? Well, the biggest reason I see, and now I spend a lot of time trying to help people grow their business. So I hear this all the time and it's ironic because they're too busy being inefficient to stop and take the time to get more efficient. And what I mean is they're so busy juggling all the balls. And part of the reason they're so busy at it is because they're doing things they don't know how to do. It's, for example, me as an engineer trying to do finance. Since I'm not a finance guy, finance takes me way longer than it should because I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. So if you were to call me about building my network, I would say, look, man, I can't even get out of the office. I've been here till 10 o'clock every night. They're so busy being inefficient and trying to juggle all the balls and trying to do it all themselves that they don't realize that if they took a day off to go network, they could find people that could do the stuff that's taking them all day in one hour. Yeah. And they be so busy. So that's what I hear. Yeah. And you know, when I say, hey, I'm going to that tech meetup, I'm leaving the office, people would say, man, I, I'm just too busy. I don't have time to go with you, but you know, have fun with that. And I'm sitting there thinking, if you did go with me, 
you might meet somebody that would solve your way too busy problem because they know how to do this better than you. So that's it. Yeah, totally a compounding effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. That's something that is so prevalent too. Like I talk to people a lot, especially with my show, obviously, that will say stuff like that to me. Like, how do you find the time to go to these events? How do you find the time to network with these people? And my answer is always a question back to them. Like, how do you not find the time to do this kind of stuff? Like it is one of the most valuable ways that I can spend my time. Like it's just an insane amount of value coming back from it. So that's why I usually like to ask that question. Would you say that you are naturally an introvert or an extrovert, Jeff? I would say somewhere in between, but leaning towards extrovert, but I didn't start that way. Like I said, I'm an engineer. So my beginning of my career is, you know, sitting in front of computers all day, writing code. And I realized then that I was never going to get anywhere I was trying to go if I didn't build a team around me. So I went out of my comfort zone and started, like I said, talking to this finance guy that I was just talking about, Glenn, right? I was starting a conversation and I was afraid when I start talking a little about finance, he's going to say, man, you're just like a moron. You know nothing. And I was going to have to say about your world of finance, you're right, I don't. So it was a little uncomfortable at first, but I realized you got to put yourself out there because that's not what happened. Mm. You know, the guy didn't say that. What he said was, well, I'm glad you're talking to me because this is my area. You handle your area. You know, it's like you think of a baseball team. You would never go out to your home run, league leading home run hitting right fielder right. and say, I want you to work on your pitching. Mm-hmm. He would mm-hmm. say, I'm not the pitcher. You hired me to hit home runs and I'm leading the league. Right. That guy's the pitcher. You just wouldn't do that. So don't be afraid of the fact that you don't know how to pitch if you're the home run hitter. Do your job and find other people to do it. So I forced myself out of my comfort zone to be a little more extroverted because I knew that I had to make contact with people uh, to build this network or I would never build the company. You And the best things in life happen outside of your comfort zone. I like that story a lot because it shows people that you don't have to be the natural extrovert in order to be able to go out. And like you said, now, like now you're standing in line and you talk to the people on both sides of you just to like start conversations. And when people probably heard that earlier in the conversation, they're like, oh, well, Jeff's, you know, that works for Jeff. (laughs) Jeff is an extrovert. Obviously, he wouldn't be able to do that if it, and it's like, no, 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 this is a skill set that we can work on and become better at. Like this might not be the way that you recharge ever because that might be like for me personally, I'm definitely introverted. I recharge by myself. My personality type is that way. But I think the power comes in once you experience how effective building a network really is, you don't really ever look back. You know what I mean? Like it's like you take the risk first off because you're like, hey, I hear this is a good idea. And then you do it once or twice and experience the power of building a great inner circle. And then it's like, uh, man, how do I not keep doing this all the time? How is this not something that I keep pushing forward? Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And you just have to take those first few steps out of your comfort zone. And when you find, like you said, you find the payback, how much it was worth it, you'll be a little more confident each time you go forward. But you've got to push yourself to start. So if we were to break it down to one thing here, Jeff, let's make it just really simple, really easy. One big takeaway for somebody to take away from this conversation. What would be your number one tip to become better at this weird, awkward thing called networking? Absolutely. And this is going to sound really simple, but nobody does it. And that's this literally schedule time in your week, schedule time where you say, I'm taking Thursday afternoon off with one and only one goal to go out networking to physically, whether it's and during that time, you're not running your company, you're not just answering emails of people you already know. You're either online or offline. I like offline. If you can go somewhere and meet people, mm-hmm. you are scheduling time where your only goal for Thursday afternoon is go to some event you would not normally go to and go meet people that have skills that you don't. I schedule time and I sign up to go to events and conferences or listen to podcasts or whatever 
I schedule time where my only goal is network building. But that's not what most people do. Most people think network building is what happens when you're going somewhere anyway. I have to be at this conference. I'll try to meet some people. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is go to a conference you weren't scheduled for only to meet people where you don't have any other responsibility at that conference or go to a meeting or go wherever. But schedule time that is set aside for nothing but networking instead of hoping you come across people while you're, you know, by chance. Absolutely love that level of practicality there. I ask that question a lot. A lot of times I get philosophical answers, which is totally fine, but I really like those practical ones too, because that's something, like you said, it's so simple. It's so easy, but people just don't take the time to make sure that it stays a priority. Maybe just because it's too difficult to see the ROI on it. I don't know exactly why. Do you have an idea there? All of the above, they just don't think about it. I don't think it's that they don't see the ROI. I think that a lot of times, you know what's funny? Sometimes success is your worst enemy because you're doing pretty well running your business, you know, by yourself or with your little team. So you start to think, maybe I'm pretty good at this. But what you don't realize is the difference between doing pretty well and scaling into a massively successful company is handing off the tasks you're not best at to people that are smarter than you. So I think they don't realize that the key to getting to the next level is surrounding yourself with people smarter than you, and you've got to put the time in to find them. And they're just too busy, and things are going okay, so they don't really think they need the help. What are some of the most effective ways that you've found to try to find those people that are at that quote-unquote level above you? So I'm still a huge fan of LinkedIn, obviously. I think it's a, a very, very effective tool. And by definition, when people created a profile there, they were putting themselves out there to be contacted. Why would you want to be on it if you don't want to connect with people? Right. But the other one, like I said, is being domain specific. If you need finance people, then signing up to actually go to a finance event, even though you're not a finance person, going to events that you wouldn't normally go to because they're not your expertise, but going there with the intent of finding people that are really good at that thing that you're not. That's the other thing that I do. Like I said, I've attended events. One time I went to a, a film distribution conference. I don't know anything about film distribution. That was the point. There are people that do, and I need to know some of those people. So I went to this conference, and when I start talking, it's a little uncomfortable. Right. So are you in the distribution business? I'd be like, no, I actually don't know anything about it. And they'd be like, then what are you doing here? <laughs> and I said, I came here because I don't know anything about it, and I was hoping to meet someone like you. The first few seconds are awkward. Right. Then they say, oh, great, let me tell you about me and how I could help you. Yeah, <laughs> that's the key right there is that the first few seconds are awkward, but I just feel like People don't enjoy those situations, so they're not willing to push past that little bit of discomfort in order to get the big reward at the end of that awkward feeling of, of just randomly talking to somebody, especially when you don't know anything about a particular industry or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. But you'll get over it fast because those people love to talk about their industry and they like to talk about themselves. So get them started and the uncomfortable part goes away fast. If you're going to focus this on one thing about building relationships, what would that one tip be? The one tip, and this is something I say in almost every presentation that I give, is that you should create a dream team around yourself. Surround yourself with experts. This is the network, so to speak, right? Yeah. Of operational finance people. I mean, I had I had former bank presidents running my capital raising strategies, right? Hmm. And then we had now we have digital gurus that run circles around me. I'm 30 some years, an old TV, radio, newspaper marketer. Right. And now we have these digital guru experts. So it's surround yourself with a network of dream team group that can just power you to the top. 
Well, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You might hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds on the show. They are literally what I attribute most of the new quality relationships in my life to. So if this is something that you are interested in at all, which it should be, then hit me up and let's chat to see if you would be a good fit for my mastermind, Build Your Network Alpha. Just shoot an email over to travis at buildyournetwork.co and let's talk about it. Have a fantastic rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.